Folks, the Winnipeg Jets have just completed a back-to-back road trip with Calgary and Seattle, both on the docket. Winnipeg collected two out of a possible four points, one loss, one victory. Now, there were some very interesting things that came out of these two games and some amazing milestones and awesome moments that probably had just about all of us jumping out of our seats. We'll talk about these games and uh, what we can look forward to for the rest of the week on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Winnipeg fans, and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, circling back, uh, of course, to Winnipeg's weekend, it was a little bit of a mixed weekend for Jets fans. But, you know, despite one loss and one victory, I think you pretty much take that. Um, if if the Jets, you know, had said that they were going to win one and lose one, I would have probably taken it without any questions asked. And uh, I think there were some very interesting things that we saw between the Calgary and uh, Seattle games. Now, let's first talk about the Calgary one. This one was the less fun one. Uh, A very, very spirited affair. A lot of physicality. You know, it's really funny. Over the past couple of seasons, ever since Shifley broke his collarbone, it just feels like every game against the Flames is kind of a bloodbath, if we're being honest. Uh, There's a lot of fighting, guys hitting each other, some dirty hits. Uh, both teams kind of running interference. Calgary especially is kind of notorious for this. It's a, a Daryl Sutter specialty because interference in the NHL doesn't really get penalized all that often. So um, Calgary tends to try and run guys. They're very physical. They like to block off those zone injuries. You can tell kind of what their game plan is because let's be honest, in terms of like top end scoring talent and stuff, uh, ever since Goudreau and Monaghan and a number of these other players kind of departed, you can kind of see the roster you know, struggling a little bit in certain areas. And here was a team, you know, the Jets uh, off of a big winning streak recently, the Flames at the end of a huge losing streak. You could kind of tell that one of these teams had a lot to play for uh, and the desperation was setting in for Calgary. So they were extra motivated, extra angry, and it kind of bore it out in this game. Now, unfortunately, the Jets ended up falling victim 3-2, and it wasn't like they played very poorly It was more like the Jets had, I would say, about half of a game of of pretty strong play, but then there were some like individual mental gaps and stuff. And then the third period, the Jets basically got shut out once Calgary felt it had a sufficient lead. Uh, It was very frustrating to watch in a lot of ways. I think one of the biggest takeaways for the Jets is that, you know, in terms of like scoring depth, Winnipeg, uh, you know, when their top line or something gets shut down, the Jets are going to struggle to find goals from elsewhere. This was a game in which Shifley and company on that first line just kind of got neutralized. Appleton, unfortunately, hasn't really been able to keep up as much. And while he did have a really good game against the Stars, 
it was kind of more of an outlier than what we've seen in uh, previous games with him. He's trying his best, and you can see him occasionally make some really nice passes. You can get a sense of where his headspace is at. Uh, but unfortunately, just getting the ability to execute and commit on those plays has been a challenge for him. Uh, and you can kind of tell like he is a guy who is probably a third or a fourth liner being asked to try and keep up with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. And, you know, in, in Appleton's defense, one of the issues is that, you know, KFC kind of needs a lot of help getting to the net in certain scenarios. Once he's around the slot area, he's a menace, right? KFC is one of the best individual one-on-one shooters in the entire NHL. But the phases of getting to that point and getting him into those spaces, that's where he relies on his line mates to really help him uh, find those passing and shooting lanes. So, you know, Appleton is being asked to do a lot more alongside Shifley, and Mark himself is trying to elevate and carry this line. Um, But in this game, they found themselves really frustrated, and you could just tell that Shifley was kind of a step behind himself. Uh, This unit did not perform very well. But it's kind of hard to be upset when Shifley has been this good over the past uh, few weeks or so. And, you know, without Ehlers, it's understandable that this unit would struggle. Uh, In terms of offensive production, a lot of the chances came from the bottom six, which normally would be okay if your top six wasn't really struggling. But, um, I mean, it is nice that the Jets have found a third and a fourth line combination that actually works for them. Uh, it's, It's kind of a rarity with the Jets usually that their depth players do well. In the past, you know, couple of years, the Jets third and fourth lines have kind of gotten caved in and there's really been no answer for how to fix it. But ever since Janssen Fialbi and some of these other players kind of joined the Jets, uh, Gustafson getting the call up, Gagne coming in on a cheap free agent contract, Janssen Fialbi being uh, a waiver claim, the Jets depth lines have really performed quite well. Now they're not always going to score, but at least if you're not scoring, the one thing you want to do is have a defensive presence, um, and I guess what well, a second thing, it's also just to create opportunities for greasy goals and stuff, which I think these lines have done a good job of. Now, Janssen Fialbi, I think, has been uh, a bit of a surprisingly decent acquisition. You know, when he joined, I was kind of wondering what we would see out of him, because I recall when he was with the Caps and with the Bears, um, a lot of his game is very similar to what we used to see with Brandon Tanev. Janssen Fialbi is very like north-south, very direct, and very fast. But in terms of like improvisation and a lot of high-end puck handling skills and stuff, uh, sometimes he has a tendency to like maybe overplay things. Uh, his decision-making under pressure isn't always the best. You know, every now and then those passing skills, they could use a little bit of, of work. But you can tell over the past couple of games, he's really started to find his groove. And I think he's becoming a really valuable contributor at all situations. Do I think he's going to be like a 30-goal scorer? No. I, I think we're seeing about the kind of offensive production that he's going to be bringing. But in terms of a guy that you can use on the PK, uh, in your depth lines, if you need to elevate him in an emergency situation, you can probably do that. There's a nice basis and, and foundation here to work with, and he's been a really effective four-checker. So I think with how you know, Bones wants to deploy him and stuff, I think Janssen Fialbi has fit perfectly. Uh, Scott Arneal, I believe, has had experience with him with the Caps. So he sort of knew what he was getting with uh, Axel. And, you know, certainly Axel's vibes and hairstyle, if nothing else, have brought like a positive spin. So uh, let's hope that Janssen Fialbi continues to be a really positive contributor. You know, he didn't score in this Calgary Flames game, but you can see that he's getting those uh, confidence building measures and development of of his NHL skill sets into something that really allows him to remain up with a big club. 
and and here's hoping that he turns it maybe even into some really nice weapons if he develops uh, more of a release and stuff. But obviously the Jets lost that game, bit of a disappointment, but nothing eases disappointment like a major game the next day that the Jets ended up having a massive comeback win. It was an awesome day for Winnipeg sports in general. Of course, the Bombers won and are on to the Great Cup final. Congrats to the Bombers. The Moose won in an overtime thriller, and the Jets also won in an overtime thriller against the Kraken. We'll talk about some big takeaways from this game and uh, what the Jets have to look forward to over the next few days as Winnipeg prepares for uh, a couple of really difficult opponents over the next few weeks, all coming right up after the break. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of our friends and partners at Simply Safe. Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Jets listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss out. Here's why I highly recommend it. A lot of you have probably thought about home security in the past, but you're thinking, you know, the installation process is a pain. And what features do these packages really give you for the amount that you're paying? Well, Simply Safe's really unique. They've got a fantastic uh, set of tech tools for you, including a great app that allows you to view security cam footage, whether you're at home or on the road. They've also got a variety of high-tech sensors, and they have 24-7 monitoring staff that are always looking out for you and your family and your household. Uh, their monitoring staff are very much plugged into any of the first responders that you need, and their sensors have a great backing with their Fast Protect technology, which is exclusively available from Simply Safe. This allows them to get critical evidence to figure out which threats from the detectors are legitimate and how to best respond, whether it's calling the police, calling firefighters, you name it, they've got all of the responses ready to go. And again, they give you that service 24-7 with their professional monitoring agents. Now, uh, you might be wondering, is this package really expensive? Well, 24-7 uh, coverage from Simply Safe costs less than a dollar a day, which is less than half the price of ADT, ADT's traditional professionally installed system. And like I said, right now they're running a special. This is a great opportunity to get in on securing your home. And if you're interested right now, you know, don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL right now. This is their biggest discount of the year for the holidays, so do not wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We just finished talking about Winnipeg versus the Calgary Flames, which was a frustrating game. Um, the, the Jets had some inconsistent moments um, and, and some mental gaps and things that, you know, obviously put them behind early. And after that, you know, the Jets, it just seemed like they really couldn't recover. They got close in a couple of opportunities, but Jacob Markstrom, of course, really denied them on some fabulous saves. So Winnipeg kind of went uh, a begging for scoring opportunities. And then, you know, the third period happened and Winnipeg did nothing. The second game, you know, against the Kraken, Winnipeg faced adversity early and kind of looked like, again, you know, maybe this would be another game in which the Jets were actually kind of decent, but unfortunately stonewalled by Martin Jones and on the outs with another loss. Instead, the Jets have proven time and time again that this year's team just does not take things lying down and has a response. Before we dive into this game and why I think it's a really nice embodiment of what Bonus wants to do with this team, I just wanted to let you know that you should make your second listen of the day 
our uh, one of our great other podcasts. It's Locked On Sports Today. It helps uh, give you insight from beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the biggest stories in sports that our local experts give you our special insights with from Locked On. You can check out Locked On Sports Today on all of your favorite podcasting networks. It's available on all of the same platforms that we are, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. Circling back to Winnipeg versus the Kraken, though, obviously a big game for the Jets. You know, if the Jets had lost both games this weekend, I really wouldn't have been that upset. I think a lot of us are probably in the same boat. You know, it's it's expected that you're going to have patches of turbulence. Uh, this is a back-to-back road game. It, really tough, you know, to have to go from Calgary to Seattle and play two teams that are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of form, but both are very tough. Uh, the Flames, I would say, were the really desperate team looking for a win. Meanwhile, the Kraken have been winning like five of their last six games or so. They have been very good this year in comparison to the previous seasons. And uh, they just seem to be getting a lot more contributions at both ends of the ice, which for the Jets is kind of a problem. And when you look at their lineup, there's a lot of balance. They're a deep team with um, you know, matchups, right? Not necessarily high and elite skill, but certainly up and down the lineup, it, it's got some really good ability to cause other teams that maybe have a more lackluster bottom six, some serious trouble. Now for the Jets, this presented an interesting challenge because the Kraken are fast, they're skilled, uh, but they're still a younger team, relatively speaking, and this was a chance for the Jets to have a really big rebound response. Unfortunately, Winnipeg kind of got caught a little bit early. Uh, Eberly, I think it was the first one to open the scoring against David Riddick. Uh, big save Dave hasn't exactly been... Um, Super inspiring in net for the Jets. Uh, you know, the, the the couple of goals that he surrendered in this game, the, the Eberly one was kind of, you know, frustrating, but it was a five-on-three goal. Not much that he could really do about it. You know, the Jets just have to stop taking penalties. And then the other goal was a Tanev shot that I think he probably should have had, but, I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, for a while, it kind of seemed like the Jets were going to be undone with an ex-Jets scoring, which would have been really ironic because, you know, the previous night against the Flames, <clears throat> the game winner against was a Trevor Lewis goal. So Winnipeg's bottom six in-depth players scoring game winners against them. Yeah, not not the most ideal situation, a little bit annoying, but thankfully the Jets kind of avoided it this time. Uh, after that frustrating first like couple of periods, you know, <clears throat> the clock's winding down. The Jets are buzzing. At this point, they were trailing two to one. Uh, you know, the, the Jets were really looking for that next go-ahead opportunity. And finally, you know, Blake Wheeler, who'd had a bit of a rough night and was looking for some redemption, he managed to cash in on the empty net, uh, you know, goalie pulled situation, six on five. Uh, the Jets had a power play at this point, and they were just trying to find something. Um, but, you know, thanks to Carson Soucy punching Pierre-Luc Dubois in the back of the head while the Jets had the goalie pulled just a few seconds earlier, Winnipeg had like 25 seconds of an odd man uh, odd man situation again, and Winnipeg made them pay, cashed in the rebound. Blake Wheeler scored his 300th NHL goal, and it was just an awesome milestone moment. I practically jumped out of my chair, and then, you know, a few seconds later, the Jets win in overtime thanks to a beautiful shift from Connor, uh, Shifley, and Morrissey. So just things that you really love to see. It was a huge bounce back win, very big battle from the Jets, and I think it shows a lot of the way Bonus wants his team to fight for every shift, to be persistent and not lose hope and be discouraged, even when it looks like the door is closed. 
Now, between these two games, I think there are some interesting takeaways that are actually very similar. We'll talk about what those are in just a little bit and, and why it kind of makes sense for the Jets to maybe think about um, some adjustments and trades that they might need to make. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out one of our other wonderful partners. Uh, this next sponsor, you know, our, our episode is brought to you today by BetOnline.net. You've heard me talk about them before, but in case you're not familiar, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. No matter what sports you're into, they've got everything from basketball, soccer, uh, football, esports, hockey, of course, and they've got all the latest odds and trends for every single professional and amateur league out there. If you think it, they've got you covered. Um, and they've got it all at betonline.net. They've even got sports that you're probably not following, triple crown horse racing, auto racing. A lot of you are probably F1 enthusiasts. Well, BetOnline's also got that, and more than just betting and news articles, they've also got great podcasts. They want to be something for everyone, and they've also got Vegas casino games for those of you looking for a little bit of a break from the sports walk of life. If you're ready to get started, you can head on over to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device and register for a free account right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, obviously, we're just talking about Calgary and, and Seattle being two big games for Winnipeg. Um, the Jets, you know, split the, the weekend series, and it was really cool because, you know, there was a milestone goal for Blake Wheeler. The Jets rebounded after a rough showing against the Flames, and they showed resilience in the face of some offensive struggles. And I kind of wanted to talk about that because I think it's worth pointing out that at even strength and on the power play, the Jets have some issues to work out. Uh, it didn't cause them to lose both games, but in the second game, it came close to undoing them. Uh, it definitely had an impact in the first game against the Flames, and you could kind of see towards the end of the, the game against the Kraken, it was getting down to the wire for the Jets. Uh, so offensively, you know, you've, you've seen that Winnipeg doesn't always handle a lot of speedy four checks well, right? Um in these games, I think what was really frustrating was that Winnipeg really had trouble getting to the slot at times if it wasn't on a rush counter. You know, Calgary, and to an even more extreme extent, the the Kraken really, like, threw all these bodies in front of their goalies, um, just constantly clogged the slot, denied zone entries, you know, forced turnovers, and the Jets would constantly make really bad passes. They'd get a little bit sloppy trying to dangle between three defenders, just a lot of silly mistakes and things that I, I think the Jets were trying to force plays and it was resulting in a lot of counters and turnovers. Um, it was really noticeable in the first game against the Flames and it wasn't even like Calgary was all that good, but the Jets just gifted them too many opportunities to punish them and punish them they did. Uh, against the Kraken, you know, the, the Jets were a lot cleaner, I would say, but still on like zone entries and stuff where the Kraken were stacking the line or clogging the slot. It made it very difficult for the Jets to really generate dangerous scoring chances. And so Winnipeg was kind of frustrated uh, that even strength scoring was kind of absent for a bit. But I think the most annoying one was watching the power plays. The Jets had a lot of power plays against the Kraken. Uh, probably could have had a few more if it weren't for a really terrible missed call on Burakovsky. Uh, that one triggered a whole avalanche of bad blood between Seattle and Winnipeg as players started taking ownership of the officiating rather than the referees doing their job. Um, 
And, you know, the Jets had to fight through a four uh, minute power play because Wheeler wanted to stick up for um, I forget who got boarded. It was it was Schmidt. I think it was. Uh, and Burakovsky just sort of leveled him, you know, across the numbers, the kind of play that's going to get a call from the, the Department of Player Safety. But, you know, the Jets ended up kind of fighting through it. And while they did still struggle to to create opportunities in the slot, you could start to see over time there was more pressure being exerted. You could see that they were generating more offense at even strength, just not on the power play. The power play, I thought, was really slow. The puck movement didn't look great. Um, and guys just don't really take dangerous shots for the most part. And when they do, it's usually read by the keeper because it's defaulting to Kyle Connor or something. So I, I think the Jets desperately need a faster power play quarterback. They've got one in the minors. I know everyone's like, oh, he's too small and all that. I'm tired of hearing that because I feel like there are so many small players who are really good at eluding checks and using their passing skill and, and space creation to do more than some of the bigger, more physical players. And I think that's something the Jets desperately need. Morrissey has been tremendously effective this season, but he's not really effective on the power play. As a shooter, yes. As a passer, no. Uh, and I think that's where a player like Heinola could be really helpful. Even if you only use Heinola on like the power play or something, I think he gives you a lot more of a spark. Even if he's not bagging goals himself, he's such a phenomenal puck mover and passer, and he can do it so fast that it just elevates that ability for you to stretch apart um, the PK structure, open up space, and give Winnipeg's really talented shooters a, a real scoring chance. So I think the Jets need to make some serious adjustments there. The PK has done a better job recently, and it's not just Hellebuck. It's been a general improvement defensively, but the power play, that's one of the biggest things I think the Jets can work on. Um, they still need some like wing scoring support, especially on the right side. I don't know if Chevy is going to be doing a lot of shopping right now, uh, I would start already because I think the trade deadline is going to be very busy, and I don't think the Jets should be waiting to try and give this roster reinforcements. Even if Ehlers comes back full strength in the next couple of weeks, the Jets still need some support. I think this team has a real chance to do some special stuff. I think Winnipeg has uh, a really good opportunity to get some points over this coming end of the weekend into the weekend. Uh, you know, really cement their, their their spot at the top of the Central Division and start to prove that they're a real serious contender this year. I, I mean, the fact that they're doing this without Ehlers already is amazing, but it'd be nice if Shovel Day Off can give this team more offensive support, make a few deals, maybe exchange from a position of strength, and give this team the scoring punch it could desperately use. Because like the Jets, they're they're doing enough right now, but I think over time you might start to see them struggle to finish opportunities and that is where the Jets could use a little bit of a boost. But, you know, obviously that's a, a long ways off for this team. I think the Jets are just going to roll with what they've got for now until guys get healthy. So we'll see how that pans out. I'm hoping for the best. Uh, thus far, the Jets have actually gotten quite a few wins using their current style. So, you know, if that's what they're going to rely on, so be it. Let's just hope that Hellebuck is ready for the competition and that the Jets F players can step up and help when even the top six get shut out. But, I'd be curious to know how you feel about this weekend of games. Um, let me know what you thought about the uh, progress the Jets have made, where you think they still need to be improved. Let me know in the comments below on YouTube or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It brings you the biggest stories, instant reactions, and big game recaps, plus our famous take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, as well as YouTube, uh, Megaphone, Spotify, 
Google, whatever platform you use. It's free to subscribe, so do so right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.